Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. So I, I saw an article yesterday. I'm going to go over it here in just a second. Then I'm going to get it in Maricopa County, Arizona, because they've released some preliminary findings. All right. So we'll get to that here in just a second, and then we'll move on to, um, well, we have a, a bevy of different types of topics that we'll get to here today. Uh, first, I want to thank R&B Car Company. If you're looking for a used vehicle, car, truck, van, SUV, crossover, sometimes more, uh, go to rbcarcompany.com. Their full inventory is on their website. And then you can visit them in person in South Bend and Warsaw. Let them know that I sent you, please. Okay. This is in The Federalist. Ignoring Georgia illegal voting proves Democrats don't care about election integrity at all. Duh. On Friday, when The Federalist broke news that recently obtained evidence indicates that more than 10,300 Georgia voters a number that con continues to grow, voted illegally in the 2020 general election. The corrupt press ignored the story. Again, what they're doing, and you see this a lot with, with two personalities in particular on CNN. Um, one's that blonde lady, I always forget her name. But every time she talks about this issue, she says that all of the election integrity stories have been debunked. Just because you say it's been debunked doesn't mean that it's been debunked. You have to actually prove how it's been debunked, and she's never provided that evidence because doesn't exist the only the only information that says it was debunked predates all of the discoveries that are being discussed right now and the court rulings that have happened since instead corporate and government media focused that focused that day on democrats calls to ditch the filibuster to push hr1 the so-called for the people act that's the one that's designed to take away your right to vote okay and the White House's announcement that Biden would travel to Philadelphia on Tuesdays to discuss actions to protect the sacred constitutional rights to vote. Uh, the media is also being called out for allowing, once again, Biden to lie about uh, what these voting rights bills do. Friendly reminder, Georgia's voting law, the new one, makes it easier for, for people of color and poor people to vote and everybody to vote. Makes it easier than the home state of Joe Biden in Delaware. It makes it easier than in New York. So how is it that that a purple state like Georgia, which has large swaths of red counties, how is it that Georgia is called racist when their voting laws make it easier for poor people and minorities to vote than very blue liberal states? Doesn't make any sense. That's what we call Chewbacca, ladies and gentlemen. Democrats persist in their claims that these state laws disenfranchise large numbers of voters, particularly voters of color, with Biden calling them an ongoing assault, a voter suppression that represents the Jim Crow era in the 21st century. Yeah, we're so Jim Crow, more black people have voted in every single consecutive presidential election over the last several election cycles. That, that's, how, that's how disenfranchised they are. They keep voting in larger numbers than the presidential election before. While Democrats and their partners in the press push the Jim Crow canard, they ignore real disenfranchisement that took place in the mass of the 2020 election, a minor fraction of which was detailed last week in reporting on new evidence that indicates more than 10,300 Georgia residents voted illegally. Now, again, they think that that number is actually about 35,000. But they've confirmed over 10,300. The state of Georgia was a 12,000 vote margin. So it's now within 2,000. Well, just over 2,000. You think about that. When we've had so many elections that were decided by a dozen votes, right? But she goes on to document. I'm not going to read the entire article because it's, it's a long piece, but it is really, really good. And in fact, uh, Margot Cleveland is quickly becoming one of my favorite columnists. 
Uh, she details all of this and how Democrats are just ignoring all of these verifiable voter frauds that have been uncovered since the election. And these aren't conspiracies. These are these are things that have been verified now. Okay, so read this article. It'll be in the Daily Show prep today. Um, I did have a few people show up at the speech last night and say, hey, you used to send out your Daily Show prep a lot more than you than you do now. Would you please consider doing that again? So I will. I never want to harass people with with uh, newsletters every single day. I just don't like doing that because I find myself not reading them and then getting annoyed and putting a putting a rule on them. So I've tried not to do it every single day, but a lot of you are asking me to do it. So I will start to do it probably three times a week. How about that? Fair enough. We'll do that. Sign up for the newsletter for free, theburningtruth.us. That's how you gain access to the Daily Show Prep, okay? Uh, all you have to do is sign up for the newsletter, and then the links on the Daily Show Prep will show up in the post. If you are not a subscriber, you won't be able to see the actual links in the Daily Show Prep. That's how it works, okay? So now let's go to Arizona. The Arizona Senate's audit of the 2020 election has resulted in a different ballot count than that given by Maricopa County officials, according to the chamber's president. So what that means is the Maricopa County election officials were apparently wrong about how many people voted and how many votes went for each candidate on election night. That's problematic, don't you think? Republican Senate President Karen Fan said during a Tuesday radio interview that the Maricopa County discrepancy prompted the state legislature to acquire new machines to recount the ballots. Fan added she did not know the size of the ballot count difference. We haven't released the number yet. That's what she told conservative radio host Mike Broomhead. Uh, Mike's a good guy, by the way. However, we do know that those numbers do not match with Maricopa County at this point. Approximately 2.1 million ballots are being recounted. We are finishing up, the vendor is finishing up uh, what we call the aggregation, double-checking the spreadsheets against the blue tally sheets, against the scans they did on the ballots. Because before we turn those ballots back to Maricopa County, we want to make sure that every one of those check and balances match before we start doing the analysis of all of the data that was received. So this is, people have been asking for updates on this. And all I've been able to provide for you up until now was I'm hearing that the, the, the count may be off. Well, now we have confirmation that the count is off. Okay. Now, again, I have to point out Arizona was a 10,000 vote state, meaning that Trump allegedly lost the state by 10,000 votes. Well, what happens if they find more than 10,000 10, votes that were fraudulent that went for Biden? Now, we have that situation happening in Wisconsin. We have that situation happening in Nevada, and we have it happening in Georgia. So you start to, to understand what's happening here. And then, of course, you have the uh, the courts in Pennsylvania saying that, you know, Tens of thousands of, of ballots would have been illegal in any other election. And the only reason they were counted this time is because the rules were illegally changed. So I, there's not much you can do about it, but it proves the point that illegal ballots that would have never been counted in any other election were counted in Pennsylvania, which likely flipped the state to Biden. It's just a reality. That's the courts talking. That's not me talking. That's not QAnon talking, since you're trying to lump everything into Q now. But that's what the courts have said. It's not me. It's funny how those legal cases never show up on CNN or MSNBC or anywhere, even Fox News, when they start talking about this. Those, those cases get completely ignored, but they're all very real, and they've all happened post-election. So what we do have from Arizona is, like what we're seeing in Georgia, Arizona has said, now, 
that doesn't mean that this is going to flip the state or would have flipped the state to Trump. And it doesn't mean that they have found more votes for Biden versus Trump because we don't have the math on where the vote tally is off. Okay, I want to make that crystal clear. All they're saying is what the Maricopa County election officials said happened on election night with the official election. Okay, the number of votes that they counted is not accurate, that the audit has shown that there is a discrepancy in the total number of ballots cast versus what election officials reported the total number of ballots were for the election of 2020. I don't know if it's less or more. I don't know if it benefits Trump. I don't know if it benefits Biden. I don't know any of that. All I can tell you is that the vote count appears to be off in, in Arizona. I know that a lot of you want to jump to conclusions. I would, I would encourage you not to because we don't know the results yet. It is entirely possible that it doesn't go the way that you want it to go. But it doesn't matter. That's the thing. As I've said before, when we go over election integrity issues, the first thing that the other side tries to do, the first thing that the cable news pundits try to do is they try to accuse you of overturning an election. You're not. And it is imperative that you stand on that hill and you die on that hill, that you are not trying to overturn the election. I got news for you. You can't. But what you can do is you can say, no, we know that there were problems with the election. We know that we're not overturning the results of this election. But we need to make sure that we don't have these problems going forward into the next election, and there's nothing wrong with trying to figure that out. Because that's a hill that anybody should be willing to die on. Left, right, center, doesn't really matter. If we have tens of thousands of votes in states that are being cast illegally and counted on election night, I don't care who you are, that's a damn problem. If you're not concerned with that, it is only because you are pro-voter fraud. There isn't any other reason. Again, put them on defense. You get on offense. You have to score points with offense, people. You put them on defense. You let them know. Look, here's the thing. The courts in Pennsylvania have said the laws were illegally changed, and as a result of those laws being illegally changed, ballots that would have been illegal in any other presidential election were counted this time around. I think that's a problem, and I don't want that to happen anymore. You appear okay with illegally changing the law to cast Ill illegitimate ballots. Put them on the defense. Because that happened in Pennsylvania. Put them on the defense about Arizona. Put them on the defense about Georgia. Don't sit there and, and play defense yourself. Go on offense. When they go, well, you're trying to overturn the results of the election. You go, no, no. Uh, we have over 10,000 illegal ballots that have been confirmed in the state of Georgia, and I think that 10,000 illegal ballots is 10,000 illegal ballots too much. Are you telling me that you don't think 10,000 illegal ballots is a problem? Put them on defense. What are they going to say? What do you think Poppy Harlow and these other imbeciles on cable news are going to say when you when you put them on 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 defense like that? Are you okay with 10,000 illegal ballots? Because I'm not okay with one illegal ballot, Poppy, or Don Lemon, whoever you are talking to, Chris Cuomo. And while you're at it, ask Chris Cuomo why his brother keeps, keeps sexually harassing women and killing grandmas. Put him on defense. These are all things that they're doing. Every time you talk to Gretchen Whitmer or, or somebody from her camp, hey, why do you keep hiding the nursing home death number? 
Why do you keep illegally denying FOIA requests? Put them on defense. You need to go on offense right now. Apply that pressure because they're the ones that are lying to everybody and they're shutting people up by being aggressive and in their face. This is the reason that people yell in a debate. People yell in a debate because they don't have any facts. The person that you're, you should be worried about in a debate is the calm one. That's the person you need to worry about. Usually when you have a debate and somebody starts interrupting and yelling, it is because they are losing and they know it. So what they have to do is they have to now create the theatrics. I've been over this debate 101, been over this with you many times. They have to create the theatrics now that they are the aggressor. They have to pretend to be the aggressor so they can be seen or perceived as winning the debate. They're not actually saying anything. And inevitably, two things happens when you're debating a leftist. They start calling you a racist, okay? And they start calling you names beyond racist. Like, you know, you're a bleep, bleep, bleep. You know, do that. That's inevitably what happens because they run out of real estate to stall. You can only run out of real estate. You can only, I should say, you can only maintain that, that theatrics for so long before you run out of real estate. That's just how it is. And I, you know, I've said this many times before. I said it at my speech again yesterday. Uh, people are asking me about, you know, how do we do this? How do we do that? You need to know these issues in and out. You have to. There's a very good question that came from a lady in the audience. She said, you know, there's so many things happening right now. You got masks, you got vaccines, you got CRT, you got this, you know, how do we know what to focus on? It seems like we're being pulled in a million different directions. And I, I, I told her, I said, which issue do you know the best? That's the issue you focus on. Don't do everything. You're not a jack of all trades. Don't do everything. Most of you have lives to get on with. Find the one that you know the most about or you're most passionate about. Learn that issue. That's the issue you focus on. And I am begging and pleading with people in our community right now, particularly in Elkhart, critical race theory is the thing that many of you need to be focused on. Because it is here in Elkhart, they are brainwashing teachers and faculty, principals, and they are going to start brainwashing your kids next year. So we need parents groups to start showing up everywhere. Penn's already got a parent group out there. We need parents groups all over Michiana who are fighting critical race theory. I know that a lot of you want to fight masks and everything else, even though masks are, are a much less of an issue now in this area. Uh, I know that a lot of you are on the, on the vaccine issue. I get it. I do. But critical race theory, in my opinion, is far more important. You got to go on offense. You have to. Stop playing defense. Stop waiting to see what they do. Stop defending yourself when they accuse you of being a racist. Just immediately throw it right back into their face. And then when they accuse you of not answering the question, you point out that they're not answering it either. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. All right, let's let's talk about guns. Buy a 3D printer. So we've got a couple of things that are out there. <clears throat> no relation. I just think 3D printers are awesome. Um, there is a new study that undermines Democrats' gun control narrative. Now, this is a new study, which, of course, shows what all the other studies have shown. Again, one, you know, one, I was talking about this uh, yesterday with some people after my speech, and I've mentioned it on the show many times. Um, the left in this country, everything that they believe, first of all, is a lie. Um, and then everything that they believe policy-wise is a direct contradiction to another policy position that they have. For example, only cops should have guns, but cops are racist homicidal maniacs who hunt young black men. Does that make sense? 
No. But that's what they say. Now, keep in mind, I'm not talking about your normal run-of-the-mill traditional Democrat. I'm talking about leftists now. Huge difference. Leftists control the Democratic Party. Traditional Democrats, they've been made, they've been told very clearly that they have no home there. You're a pro-life Democrat. You have no home in the Democratic Party. They have specifically and overtly, openly said, leave the Democratic Party. You don't belong here if you're pro-life. The basis for Democratic claims about gun control is that limiting the number of guns Americans owns makes people safer because the more guns people own, the less safe everyone else becomes. Now, we have known because this has been tremendously studied. This is actually one of the most studied issues that we deal with on a regular basis in the United States. More guns actually equals less crime. That has been the case. Now, I have pointed out that that is a uniquely American thing. They can't seem to duplicate those results in any other country, but they can duplicate those results in the United States. But nowhere else does this seem to happen. And this is where, you know, the unique culture that we have really comes in. So a new study undercuts that claim, saying that connecting those dots might be great rhetoric, but it is bad logic. The study is published in the journal Injury Epidemiology. It noted 2020 brought a massive increase in gun purchases and gun violence. Okay. However, the magnitude of the increase in purchasing at the state level did not explain the magnitude of the increase in non-domestic firearm violence, according to the study. The study noted that in the first two months of the pandemic lockdowns, there was a spike in gun-related domestic violence incidents, but ascribed that more to the impact of the lockdowns than gun purchases. There's also been, it was like a 20% increase in drug overdose deaths during the pandemic. 20% increase. Significant. Very significant. We need to be looking at other factors like job loss, economic change, the closure of schools and community organizations and nonprofits and civil unrest to understand the increase in gun violence last year, said Julia Schleimer, lead author of the study, according to The Guardian. And look, we've been over this many, many times. Lots of studies have shown this. Um, the more guns that Americans purchase, the, the lower gun crime is. It has been that way for decades now. Now we have these race riots and things like that that have shown up. And I know the Beetlejuice in Chicago, excuse me, the mayor of Chicago. Um, we know that she is telling you that there weren't any race riots, but let's be honest, you're a massive idiot if you didn't think that there were race riots over the last summer. So you've got this, this narrative that is always out there. Remember, the left doesn't know anything about guns. That's the thing. It's, it's something they always, you know, when you have anti-gun leftists who do know about guns begging journalists to stop writing about gun control because journalists don't know anything about guns you have an understanding of how devoid of, of knowledge on the issue that they really are and most americans don't know anything about guns because they don't own them but this study once again confirms what other studies have always shown there is no correlation with more guns more homicides it just doesn't exist now, with that said, there's been a, a federal court ruling on handguns that we have to talk about because this is a big change. We'll talk about that coming up on 95.3 MNC. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. I want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Find them online at rbcarcompany.com. And wife is hitting me up. You believe this? Just because I got a new car. Every time I get a new car, every time, wife's like, you know, I like the van, but 
can we do a new car? <laughs> so I'm getting hit with it. I'm getting hit with the whole, I want a new car, Casey. I'm getting hit with one of those things now. It's like, man, here we go again. All right, we'll see what happens. I don't know. I'll poke around for him. All right. Um, federal court has ruled that banning handgun purchases for people under 21 is unconstitutional. Hashtag told you. Now, this has been around for a while, okay? But this is one of those things that that as businesses were doing on their own, okay, I was pointing out, like, you can't do this. This is unconstitutional. You're an adult at 18, right? And this is, see, these are these inconsistent inconsistent laws that I really hate. I don't like how you're an adult at 18, but you're not really an adult. You can vote at 18. You could smoke at 18, but now you can't smoke at 18 because now you have to be 21. But, but for a while, remember, you could vote at 18, you could smoke at 18, couldn't drink until you're 21. Couldn't gamble until you're 21 makes no sense you can be put to death you can be sent sent in into war at 18 but you couldn't have a swig of of liquor made no sense this is the type of hypocritical law that i really really hate but if you are allowed to own a gun at 18 well that includes handguns sorry that's just how it is uh, federal appeals court on tuesday ruled uh, that federal regulations limiting the sale of handguns to individuals 21 and older violate Second Amendment rights. Mm -hmm. They do. Uh, The divided panel of three judges from the 4th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals found the restrictions to be unconstitutional, because they are. Judge Julius N. Richardson, an appointee of former President Donald Trump, wrote in the majority opinion, See, I told you, I realize that the Supreme Court has been a disappointment, but the federal court overhaul by President Trump has been a big deal. When do constitutional rights vest? At 18 or 21, 16 or 25. Why not 13 or 33? In the law, a line must sometimes be drawn, but there must be a reason why constitutional rights cannot be enjoyed until a certain age, Richardson wrote. This guy listens to my show. Our nation's most cherished constitutional rights vest no later than 18, and the Second Amendment's right to keep and bear arms is no different. Thank you. Again, this is basic stuff. Richardson went on to note that 18-year-olds were required at the time of the founding to serve in the militia and furnish their own weapons. He asked whether the government has displayed good reason to justify infringing on those rights now. Of course, they haven't. And it's still the same, even if you could serve in the militia back then. Again, state militias, right? In Indiana, you're, you know, you're a state, you're in the state militia at 18 years old. Uh, I think it might even be younger than that. Don't correct me. Don't correct me. You don't need to correct me on that. Just whatever. It's it's around 18. To justify this restriction, Congress used disproportionate crime rates to craft over-inclusive laws that restrict the rights of overwhelmingly law-abiding citizens. And in doing so, Congress focused on purchases from licensed dealers without establishing those dealers as the source of the guns 18 to 20-year-olds use to commit crimes. And since then, we've had that research, and we found out that those who commit crimes between, well, anybody who commits crimes, but in particular since we're talking about 18 to 20-year-olds, they do not buy their guns at gun stores. They do not get their guns from licensed FFL dealers. They do not get them off of Craigslist. They do not get them off of eBay. They do not get them out of the newspaper classified ads. They get them on the streets from somebody who broke into somebody's house and stole it. That's where they get guns from. There was a survey that was done in Illinois 
for people who are convicted felons in prison who are incarcerated for gun crimes, and they asked them where they got their guns. They didn't get them at gun shows or gun stores or anything like that. They overwhelmingly got them purchased on the street, and those guns were overwhelmingly stolen from somebody's house. That's where they get their firearms from. This notion that Indiana is what's supplying guns in Chicago is nonsense. So we hold that the challenge federal laws and regulations are unconstitutional under the Second Amendment. Despite the weighty interest in reducing crime and violence, we refuse to relegate either the Second Amendment or 18 and 20-year-olds to a second-class status, he concluded. Yes. Start using this term, second-class status, or two states, the two-state America. You start using that because that is exactly what they are trying to create. They are trying to create a a two-status country where you have the haves and the have-nots. For those of you who haven't seen it in a while, um, you know, there was a, there was a science fiction movie. How, what the heck was it called? Why am I Starship Troopers? Okay. And the reason I'm bringing up Starship Troopers is because Starship Troopers had, you were either a citizen or you were not a citizen and you had to do certain things to earn your citizenship. You weren't born a citizen, right? And so if you didn't do those things that society wanted you to do, you never got your citizenship and therefore you were deprived of certain rights. So people who are non-citizens lived as second class citizens. People who were citizens were elite and they are trying to create a system that emulates that very much right now. China does this with the social credit score. Democrats are pushing for a social credit score in the United States right now. Pay very, very close attention to this. You know, we have equal protection under the law for a reason. The founding fathers witnessed this type of, of two, two, two types of populations, right? They've, they've witnessed this in the past. You have the nobility and then you have the peasants. That's what they're trying to do again. Do not allow them to do it. Get comfortable with this language and using it. So congratulations. The court got it right. Hashtag told you. It's just a matter of time, of course, before this gets appealed and everything else has to go to a higher court and everything else. But um, it doesn't doesn't make any sense. You know, you're Walmart and all of a sudden you're going, we're not going to sell guns to people who are under the age of 21. You can't do that. (laughs) Sorry, you can't. You can't. You can't do that. That doesn't make any sense. Now, they were refusing to sell long guns to people who are 18. That's not how the system works. And that's why they were getting sued. We got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. Just a few hours, the NBA Finals tip off. And if you haven't done so already, pick up your phone, open up that Barstool Sportsbook app, and get your bet in now. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. We are on rumble.com slash Casey the host right now. If you want to go watch the show, hang out with us during the commercial break, chat with everybody. Uh, Most of the chat that you see on the videos comes from the Discord server, but we also have a live chat and comment section on the Rumble videos. Um, I don't think that the app, the mobile app, has the live chat on it, though, so... Um, they're still working on that as they add new features to everything. I'm trying to find this one story, and when <laughs> there's two great stories that I have to tell you about because we just we can't we cannot end the show without telling you about both of them. Uh, I haven't found one of them yet. I, I can't figure out how they they had it worded, but there's another one here 
and it's about cicadas. Um, this this actually came up like two days ago, and I was looking around because I'm like, I still haven't seen a single one, right? Now, I've seen people post on Facebook that they were coming out of their trees and, and you know, that sort of stuff as they were first starting in the larval stage, but I haven't heard a cicada this year. I haven't seen a cicada this year. I haven't been attacked by swarms of millions of them like they were telling us was going to happen. I haven't had any of that experience, right? There's been no cicadas anywhere near anywhere that I have gone since the season started. Many of you I know have experienced them. But all I can think of is, oh, it's just another, you know, zombie apocalypse proclamation that isn't coming true. And, you know, no big deal. And then I ran into this story today. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's <laughs> it's so absurd. It's funny. And I you need to understand I'm going to kill a couple of brain cells in your head, okay? I I'm sorry, but it is well worth it. I have to kill a couple of your brains brain stems. Uh well not brain cells, brain cells, excuse me. <laughs> kill your brain stem your toast. Uh anyway, when students ask why they haven't seen cicadas, we need to talk about environmental racism. Now, this is Chalkbeat. Chalkbeat is like an education publication, and they're verified on Twitter and everything else. So they talk about you know educational stuff, um, and they are leftist. When students ask why they haven't seen cicadas, we need to talk about environmental racism. I told you, we're well beyond Bizarro World. We're well beyond Clown World. Well beyond all of it. Okay. Cicadas, or the lack of cicadas, is now racist. Um, This is in Indianapolis. (laughs) This is in our neck of the woods. All right. But not everyone gets to bear witness to this emergence of cicadas almost as quickly as you notice their song, Nature Dials the Volume Down, right around 42nd Street. By 38th Street, there's not a cicada to be seen or heard. This, or why is 38th Street the boundary line for cicadas in our city? (laughs) Naturally, cicadas are racist. Duh! They want to keep all of the non-white people awake at night. That's... I see. I mean, I could easily go. I could be a college professor right now. I know how to do this. I can do this job. Uh, what's his bucket? Cornell West resigned from Harvard because Harvard is not left wing enough for him. So I hear there's a position at Harvard, and all I have to do is run around and tell everybody that the bugs and the animals are racist, and I should be good. It may seem arbitrary, but to those who know Indianapolis's history, 38th Street is one of the most obvious dividing lines in our city as one of our main historical lines of segregation. Okay. (laughs) I'm not done. The lingering arsenic, mercury, and lead in water and soil impacts human health while also sickening or killing cicadas gestating underneath. So what this person is saying is, The city has been divided. The good areas are mostly for the whites. The bad areas are mostly for the blacks. And the cicadas are not able to survive in those mostly black neighborhoods because of pollution and overpopulation. Which, if you know anything about the cicada life cycle, is nonsense. (laughs) 
But this is what they're, this, okay, these people are teaching your kids. This is a publication for educators where this is being published. So now dumb idiot educators all over the country who fall for this crap are going to look at this and they're going to go ahead and, and filter it into your kids' minds. Cicadas are racist. Or the lack of cicadas, I guess, are are racist. In Indianapolis, who who would have who would have known? When students ask me why they haven't seen or heard the cicadas, I want to answer truthfully and completely. That means discussing the history of racial segregation in our city and the lasting effects of environmental injustice. But this answer will be seen by some as teaching critical race theory. Well, it's it's not officially critical race theory, but it is moronic and stupid. So there is that. Um, I don't even live in a particularly good area of Elkhart. I still don't have them. But I do keep running into, um, uh, you know, upper upper middle class white people who have cicadas out there. So what does that say about Michiana? Some of my friends, upper middle class white people, they got the cicadas in their backyard. I think the cicadas got lost. Okay. They, they lost their racist radar.